2: Who, with a nod to Bob Woodward, I'm calling Deep State Throat, uh, committed a colossal act. A political disloyalty. And there are all these questions. How senior is this person? Is it, is it a senior? Is it a deputy assistant secretary at some department? It doesn't say White House official. It said administration official. If this person was trying to stop Donald Trump from carrying out wrong-headed decisions, why brag about it in a national newspaper knowing it will infuriate the president and hurt that effort? But if Times editorial page editors believe this is a senior and credible person sending a distress signal from inside the palace, then it's clearly newsworthy.
0: That's to the question of should the New York Times uh publish this sort of thing?
3: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt it's new newsworthy, if it's legit, just how much it means, what we ought to do with the information. I think these are highly uh important questions and, and ones that are being answered in wildly different ways. I'll tell one note before we uh, plunge back into this. I heard an an analyst gal who had'd never seen before. Talking about the Woodward book, which our hair was on fire over what yesterday? Yeah, and we'll be again, I <clears throat> assume, when it comes. <laughs> Seems out. like a month ago. I can't <laughs> wait to start reading it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And as Jack pointed out, that book is always way, way more nuanced and about um, policy and decisions, and uh, than than gossip. But it's always the gossip that hits the you know the news stations first. But anyway, um, I heard this analyst gal. Uh, she she did the analyst gal thing, but then she said one thing. I'll tell you is back in, I can't remember where it was, I think it was in Florida, back in Ocala, Florida, where I used to be a waitress. Nobody's talking about this. Nobody's talking about the Woodward book. Nobody cares. And I thought, wow, what a cool thing to say on the cable. It's true, real people in their real lives, you know, it's not going to affect them. But it, I think it's fun to watch the way the media behaves and the administration behaves. It's, you know, kind of Games of Thronesy y or, or whatever. It's a great soap opera.
0: Yeah, and the soap opera continues. I am now. Part- what it means to the republic? Again, there are a lot of different answers to that. I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. Ah, That's nice. a headline written by the New York Times, I assume, over the top of the piece in which this person who claims they are uh, I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. Well,
3: okay, his worst inclinations thoroughly it- defensible, admirable. His agenda you got to give me specifics on that. Yeah, so,
0: see, I'll skip to this. Given the instability many have witnessed. Okay, instability is a problem. Sure. Um, Scary. There were early whispers within the cabinet. Okay, so this person Mm. claims to have knowledge of conversations within the cabinet. Early whispers within the cabinet of invoking the 25th Amendment. Which would start a complex process for removing the president.
3: The 25th have have, Amendment says the president's wackadoo, you got to get rid of him. Is you there,
0: have to have half the cabinet and the vice president go to Congress, that's what, what happens. Mm-hmm. Is there a set number of what the cabinet, quote unquote, that's is? That's what I was wondering. I, that, I didn't
3: know that that was a. Uh... Uh, the heads of the officially uh, named departments. How many no, of them are there at this point? Uh, 40 or 12? <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't know. How many are there? But so you have, to have half
0: or more and the vice president go to Congress and say, we don't think this guy's fit. Right. Yeah. And um, and at that point, is it automatic? And then the president sidelined, I think, for 21 days while the vice president takes over to be revaluated for their fitness.
3: Hmm. By whom? And in <laughs> what way? <laughs> that wackadoo doctor Trump. Has. Oh, the long-haired weirdo doctor. <laughs> so the cabinet He is the most sane president to ever serve. <laughs> All right. Okay, he's back in then. <laughs> uh,
0: the cabinet includes the vice president and the heads of 15 executive departments. Exactly. Okay. So that's 12 to 16, depending how you look at it. So you got to get eight people or whatever and the vice president to do it. We're going to talk to a Washington Post reporter coming up, by the way, a little bit about this. I, I want to know what it was like in Washington, D.C. yesterday. It had to be just crazy. <laughs> but-, but back to the piece that was written. So um, there were early whispers within the cabinet. Because of the instability we'd witnessed of invoking the Twenty Fifth Amendment, which would start this complex process, but no one wanted to precipitate a constitutional crisis. So we will do what we can to steer the administration in the right direction until, one way or another, it's over. Now, Rachel Maddow was asking the question, and I think it's a good question on MSNBC. What are you? What are you? What What is the action here? What are you? What are you wanting us to do? What
3: are you trying to tell us? What is What what is this? Well, (laughs) and my question all along is, how does this serve your stated goal? I I think it 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 does the opposite. I think it undermines it. Well, that's why if you've got your cabal of secret resistors going, the last thing in 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 effing the world you would do is call it
0: uh, to everybody's attention. Well, right, the twenty fifth amendment, which hinges on. (laughs) The cabinet heads, half of them saying you're crazy, Trump gets to a point, whoever's running the cabinet, I would just make sure I got a bunch of people who are not, don't think I'm crazy. Loyalists. And I'm safe. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a really good question. What was the point <clears throat> of this from the person who wrote it? Mm-hmm. Is there, are you just trying to say, hey, words? if things are okay, are you just, do you feel like we're about to go nuts and you needed to calm us down? I think we're all right. I think we were all right. I think we'll be all right.
3: I mean, Maybe they watch MSNBC too much. I don't know, because they seem to be uh, terrified over there.
0: But what was the point of this?
3: Right. That is my question. Do you want us to invoke the 25th Amendment? You don't
0: say so. The final paragraph is, there is a quiet resistance within the administration of people choosing to put country first. But the real difference will be made by everyday citizens rising above politics, reaching across the aisle and resolving to shed the labels in favor of a single one. Americans, oh, great. Yeah, that's a nice final paragraph. Play Squawky,
3: hit the hit the eagle.
0: But I just martialize that. All right, I, never mind.
3: <laughs> so it gets
0: your attention, and it should get everybody's attention that somebody that's right,
3: Squawky. <laughs> a little late there, stupid bird. That a quote we had to take his mask off.
0: <laughs> that the the a quote, a quote senior official, and that's the only description. A senior official in the Trump administration wrote a piece saying we think he's crazy, and we were talking about trying to have him removed, but
3: beyond then decided not to but anyway we're kind of you know making sure he doesn't go too crazy well good for you that's a nice thing to do you know if you're opposing his trade policy well that's just undermining the will of the american people yeah or, or the ones who elected him
0: it was pretty interesting well the root of the did the no i'll get back to that it's pretty interesting that uh whoever wrote this went with the don't get me wrong there are bright spots that the near-ceaseless negative coverage of the administration fails to capture effective deregulation, historic tax reform, a more robust military, and more. I thought that was pretty interesting that you throw that in. Right. I mean, I guess that gives you cover for, war well, why are you still there?
3: Right. Well, and I appreciated it uh, because it's not a fevered, um, he's a witch uh, editorial the, the whole way through. It It, it recognized, you know. There have been accomplishments and competence, but so he talks about the
0: erratic behavior of the president Um, in private. They've that we have gone to great lengths to keep bad decisions contained to the West Wing. Okay, and then and and this person says the New York Times did briefly say he yesterday, then retracted that and said we didn't mean to say he. Um, So it's a he. It's a he. Uh, The result is a two-track presidency. Take foreign policy, and they go through how he prefers autocrats and and you know cozies up to Putin. Okay, but he ran on, he stood in front of arenas full of people as he ran for president saying, I think having good relationships with Russia would be a good thing. And a lot of us scratched our heads and say, "Why?" said, why does he always say nice things about Putin and all that? Mm-hmm. But he said it out loud. It wasn't yeah. any sort of secret thing. And he gets to have a foreign policy, and he's the president. Mm-hmm. And you not agreeing with it, you don't get to undermine it. And the same thing with the trade. He is anti-trade, which is a, a pillar of the Republican Party. He doesn't care. He thinks the Republican Party was wrong. He's been saying that for 30 effing years. Right. And he ran on that and got elected on that. So undermining that's not cool. Yeah.
3: That, that's just a weird thing right there. Well, I've mentioned many times, several times anyway, that um, in college I was shocked when my professors told me that there were many aspects of the Reagan foreign policy that were being uh, slow-walked or impeded by his own administration, specifically the State Department, which is many, many thousands of career people who want to do what they want to do and don't care what the president says. So, you know, it's, it's not unique to Trump. Um, it's It's one of the great headaches of being the president.
0: Well, we're going to talk to a WAPO reporter about this. Um, They have some interesting
3: uh, ideas on the whole thing. Oh, by the way, during the last commercials, I called Mike Pence. I said, hey, Mike, great editorial you wrote in the New York Times. He said, I didn't write it. So I I tried to get him. I tried to (laughs) fool. I thought maybe you'd catch him napping. You you thought he'd say, thanks. Oh, damn it. Right. No, didn't work.
0: (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. the president blasted the New York Times throughout the day and the person who wrote the thing, obviously. And uh, the New York Times responded to that with, we are incredibly proud to have published this piece, which adds significant value to the public's understanding of what is uh, taking, blah, 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 of what is going on in the White House. Um, I don't know if it does, I mean, all all the stuff describing Trump seems to me you can watch him in, a, in, a, in an arena full of people and see the things they described there. I mean, that's his personality, and you, you either like it or don't. And it was on display when he was running, and enough people liked it he got elected. Now, the stuff about if, if a whole bunch of people in the cabinet are getting together in secret and saying, you think we ought to do the 25th Amendment? I think we should. You think we should? I mean, that's pretty interesting.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely the newsworthy aspect of it. Um, speaking of an uh, uh, important contribution to the public conversation or whatever the phrase was from the New York Times, Eric Wimple, the, Wimple, the media critic of The Washington Post, blasted uh, that idea w- with both fists. I mean, it's a great piece that we'll, we'll quote in a couple of minutes. But right now, Paul Fari, a Washington Post media reporter, uh, joins us. Uh, he's actually a financial, political reporter, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, Paul, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm great. Listen, the reason we've had you on is not actually to talk about the column. It's because the pace of news coming out of D.C. is so dizzying. We're worried about your health. How are you?
4: (laughs) You know, I, I, I have been a reporter for I won't tell you how many decades. And I've said this before, and this is not a comment as far as the health of the country or what have you, but it is the most exciting time to be a reporter. You're right. Every single day, multiple times a day, there's something big happening, some incredible thing like where you just go, oh, my gosh, what an amazing story. Coming out, and um, it's been that way for a couple of years now, and it's uh, it, it's exciting. It's well, it, a selfish thing to say, but <laughs> well, yes, I, I understand.
0: Perfect. I understand that, and for, yeah, and for the selfish part, I feel like I've become addicted to the excitement, and I just, I just, I always wonder. Trump leaves office tomorrow. Could could we handle going back to the way things used yeah. to be, where there are like no interesting stories, and debates are boring, and all that sort of stuff? Could we yeah. handle it?
4: He he said that as much yesterday when he got very angry about this New York Times thing. He said, you know, the day I leave office, the New York Times is out of business. CNN's out of business. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not true, but but I get the point. Sure. You know, the thing is, is, is there'll be much less public interest in this craziness.
3: Yeah. So speaking, of Paul, of the White House reaction, they absolutely did not go with the let's hunker down. Let's be quiet. This will blow over. <laughs> they, they came out blasting. Tell us about that.
4: Well, yes, they came out blasting it, as you'd expect. And it's day two of blasting because the day before they were blasting Woodward's book and the excerpts from Woodward's book. So this was, you know, like they... Pretty much got the drill down. Now uh, they, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, issued a statement saying this person's a traitor. He should quit. Um, you know what they didn't say though, and I thought this was interesting. They didn't say that this is a this is not a person of any authority, a person of any uh, leadership. Uh, you know, they didn't dispute the idea that there was somebody at a senior level who had seen these things and could comment on these things. They they simply said it's disloyal. And he's a traitor, um, which is very different. So it, in, in some sense, it validates uh, at least the existence of and the authority of this person. Well,
0: well, I've seen a couple of your Post colleagues say if the New York Times, if this isn't a fairly senior person, the New York Times is going to get a little bit of blowback. They, they have oh, some yeah. concern there, don't they?
3: Yes. Yeah, so, well, oh, and as we talk about this, because you're much more hip to the lingo than we would be. What does a senior official mean?
4: <laughs> is there a generally agreed upon <laughs> well, definition? That was that was the first five minutes of speculation uh, in our newsroom, which is you know a who could it be and what does that phrase mean? You know this is the deputy assistant to the undersecretary. That's I mean technically a senior official, but um, you know the suggestion in the column uh, is that this was a person who was in cabinet meetings. You know this whole whispers about uh, invoking the 25th Amendment, suggesting that this person was tight with. Other cabinet people, or is in fact in the cabinet. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't know who the the person is who wrote that. But th- again, I, I, and I think you're right. Boy, that times has its neck stuck straight out here. Uh, if this is not someone of great prominence, they've really done a flimflam on everybody. Well, uh, but again, I don't know who it is.
0: Right. Well, that's why I think it almost has to be, unless they made a you know a real misjudgment. If it's a name that. Most people who aren't super political junkies would say, who's that? They'll never be believed on a big story again.
4: I I agree with you. I don't know about ever again, but I do agree that it would be a a disaster for them if, you know, this was a nobody claiming great authority and great position uh, that they don't have. Um, So, you know, I, I, I guess we really do have to trust the judgment of the New York Times editorial board, by the way, not the newsroom, but the editorial board, to say, yep, this is somebody who's got the goods and the juice.
3: Paul Farry of the Washington Post is on the line. Paul, uh, also in the Washington Post, which is doing a great job of covering all the aspects of this, under the Arts and Entertainment banner, which I found interesting, <laughs> uh, Taylor Telford has a piece about all the speculation that's fit to tweet, who might it be, and he mentions that the good folks at Odds Shark <laughs> have... Mike Pence is the favorite, followed by Betsy DeVos, Mike Pompeo, Steve Mnuchin, uh, Jim Mattis, Jeff Sessions, uh, my money's there, uh, Ivanka Trump, Jared, Stephen Miller, um, has a favorite emerged among you and your colleagues?
4: well that uh, those betting odds there 's a website that actually set betting odds on these things right. really doesn 't know anything um, uh, first of all it 's just guessing uh, but the range of people that have been set out and have been guessed at is really interesting and in of itself. It just tells you that it could be plausibly any of those people and that's kind of an interesting deal i mean uh, by the way i don't think it's ivanka trump but um you know sessions possibly i mean uh, it could be any of those people and, and it wouldn't be far-fetched uh because everybody in the administration at the senior level has come in for you know criticism from trump has been dressed down by trump i mean we know these things over the last 18 months it's a tough place to work, and he's a tough guy to work for. So you think someone's upset? Well, there's a lot of people who are probably upset um, for personal reasons as well as, you know, the the, the high-minded reasons that uh, this this editorial set out.
3: Paul Farhi of The Washington Post. Paul, it's always great uh, to get a chance to talk to you. Thanks for lending us the time. We
4: appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, too. Well done.
0: Meetings with him veer off topic and off the rails. He engages in repetitive rants, and his impulsiveness results in half baked, ill formed, and occasionally reckless decisions. Are you talking about me again? That have to be walked back. But again I say, yeah, you saw that on display as he was running for president. Pretty much. <laughs> um Um and then this. It may be cold comfort in this chaotic era, but Americans should know that there are adults in the room. We fully recognize what is happening. I think Yeah, I knew I know. I think if you're that worried that you got a, a bunch of you get together, walk out in front of a microphone with your careers and names out there, and answer questions, and 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 be an actual patriot and have some risk here, like the Colin Kaepernick ad, risk something, you know, for what you believe in.
3: Yeah, or my preference, uh, the the uh, parody of that featuring his name just flitted out of my head. The young man played for the Arizona Cardinals, joined the Special Forces. Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman, right. Yeah, I like that one. We'll uh, we'll tweet that out for you. But listen, unless I have an, a, a terrible blind spot about this, I think you're 100% right. If you are trying to save the Republic, you have two choices. Do what Jack suggested, or keep your mouth shut and keep doing what you're doing. I do not understand how publishing this editorial benefits your stated goal at all. And, and your your fellow cabal members there trying to rein in the crazy, crazy president are thinking, why'd you shine a light on us? What what are you doing? I can't imagine.
0: What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
3: Well, the hunt is on in earnest for the author of that New
2: York Times piece slamming President Trump. We have got the denials coming out now.
0: Do you think the name comes out? I heard somebody say the name will be out by the end of the week. It had a leak.
2: The first rule of Deep State Club is you don't talk about Deep State Club. And <laughs> right. Infowars, Alex Jones run in with Senator Marco oh, Rubio. Man. We
0: have the "Don't Touch Me" audio. An arse. How did Alex Jones not end up on the ground with a Secret Service knee in his neck? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I mean that Woodward book. Um, the the video with uh, Rubio. Just st- so many things going on. Yep. The tone of the confirmation hearings. The tone of the confirmation hearings, and it's all it's all so adversarial and angry. I, I was telling my wife last night. I said somebody somebody's going to get seriously hurt or killed. I mean, it's just doesn't it all pointing that direction? Yes.
3: Yeah, I think security is much more, you know, awesome in terms of the president. Um, but well, it's not as great with
0: senators as we found out and we're about to find out. Right. All right. Yeah. But anyway, let's get to the news now with Marshall
1: Phillips. I want
2: to give you a quick heads up. we got fire officials saying a Northern California wildfire that shut down I-5 between California and Oregon has tripled in size. It's prompting evacuation orders. The so-called Delta fire is burning north of Redding drivers scrambling from trucks the flames engulfing hillsides near the roadway at least two trucks have burned wow
3: folks in the ding that's just what they need another yep. giant fire yep
2: yep so it is raging away this morning u.s secretary of state mike pompeo is denying writing that anonymous new york times opinion piece that said an internal resistance was working to thwart some of president trump's efforts and so clearly not him how, do, how I don't know. some
0: of these people are asking Pompeo doesn't seem like the type. He seems like a full-on Trumpster. Right. He's in it, man. He's he's in it to win it. He's part of he's part of the the the, the, the side that wants to blow up the drain the swamp and blow up Washington right. D.C. Well,
3: but like any advisor, he'll say, you know, Mister President, I think that'd be a mistake, you know. So he might quote unquote oppose him at times, but just in a regular way. No, Pompeo isn't the guy.
2: Yeah, Pompeo was talking to reporters uh, before a meeting in New Delhi with top Indian officials and said, "It's not mine." I find the media's uh, efforts in this regard to undermine this
4: administration incredibly disturbing. As for the author of the piece. I come from a place where if if you're not in a position to execute the commander's intent, you have a singular option. It is to leave.
0: Yeah. Howard Kurtz, we played a little bit ago. um, And I always mention that he, he wrote for the Washington Post for years. So people realize he's not just a, you know, a Fox guy. Standing up for the president. He's been saying for a long time all these people with their leaks and stuff, if you don't believe in the president, what the president's doing, you got to resign. That's Get the
3: that, hell out of here! That's that's your obligation. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be doing. And do so publicly on the record while you're doing it. Yeah. Day three, a Supreme Court nominee, Brett
2: Kavanaugh's uh, hearings bogged down with Democrats pushing for more documents dealing with his previous work with the Bush White House. Now, are you talking about yesterday or today?
3: Today. Right, uh, yeah. okay, it's yeah. I gotten fiery I was, today. Yeah. Look at old Blumenthal, Dick Blumenthal from Connecticut, was droning on and on and on about the documents. Yeah. Yeah, well, the,
0: the heavyweights are going today, right? Booker and uh, and Kamala Harris yeah, and when, uh, the people that want to be president are yeah, going once, today. So they're going to bring get, the fireworks.
2: Once they get rolling right now, it's a debate over what could and should be allowed uh, to uh, be entered into the record. But uh, that should be wrapping up pretty soon. Today, by the way, is the last day of the Q&A's. So this, uh, this will be it, as you said. The fireworks will occur.
3: I liked your theory yesterday, Jack. Kavanaugh, this lunatic, he's he's going to outlaw all abortions and force fetuses to carry guns in the womb. To defend themselves that's against <laughs> abortion doctors. That's right. Two days, <laughs> oh man. Q&A
0: ends today. The physical challenges begin tomorrow. Yeah. There's an obstacle course. they got to climb the gym rope. <laughs> wow. So there's got to be some people, maybe Kamala Harris is one of them, that are very unhappy with this op-ed piece coming out. Because I'm sorry, you're ranting and raving at Kavanaugh is going to get no air today. No. Your, your, your day was earlier in the week. But well, maybe even... if you were saving up, this is my moment.
3: I'm going to be the story on Thursday. Sorry. Well, and even the lefty journalists at the end of their blood, breathless reports right. say, but Kavanaugh will be confirmed. Right. So, anyway. <laughs> Strange
2: days on Capitol Hill with Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist behind InfoWars, crashing an informal press gaggle that was being held by the Florida Senator Marco Rubio. Jones repeatedly interrupting reporters' questions, jeering at Rubio. Rubio apparently didn't know who Jones was. Who are you? Who yeah, sure. This guy? I swear to God, yeah, I don't you know. Better who you better hope you're be platforming. Tens of millions of views.
4: Infowars. Better Info than Rush Limbaugh.
2: He knows
0: who Infowars well, is. He's playing you, this joke over here. That's why and the deplatforming didn't work. But
4: but, but, yeah, but here here's here's sure. the
2: question. Here's a question Wait, don't
0: touch me again, man. I'm asking you not to touch me. Well, sure, i will just patting you nicely. I know, but I don't want oh, to be. I don't know. who you are. It's not going to not gonna gonna get arrested, amendment. man. You're it's not, not going to get arrested. I'll Take care of myself. Oh, oh, he'll beat me up. I didn't say that. You know I am, but he's so mad.
1: You're not going to silence me.
3: I have seen. We have seen him doing this in person. And he gets right in people's faces and says, and then physically does things that will 100% of the time get a response. So he can get it on camera and, yeah. and be a big hero and just, uh, I, I can't know, believe ridiculous. a
0: great big guy with an angry tone can touch a U.S. Senator. And somebody doesn't step between him and say, "Dude,
3: back off." I d- I didn't know that would happen. One aide kind of stepped up, but he was a weedy looking fella. Unless he was oh, you I know heavily guys, armed or I head. I thought guys the skilled would... in the arts of jujitsu. You know, I'm throw an <laughs> armbar on him. Right? I'm obviously <laughs>
0: wrong, but I thought yeah. guys with earpieces and and crazy guns in their jackets would separate you. I mean, a right. big, angry, crazy sounding dude. Right. Getting in the face of a senator and and putting his hand on his shoulder. I think that I would. I didn't know you could do that. And maybe you can't after tomorrow, after yesterday. Well, that is rude. Marco, Marco, and then Marco saying, I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Oh, 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 you're threatening me? All right. he me? He threatened me. Did you hear that? Right. Oh, dude. Dude, your, your act is so
2: transparent there.
3: Yeah, I know. I just find it so dumb. And then as Marco walked away, Jones
2: jeered. Compromise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it's a mess. little frat boy. It's so cool.
4: Marco Go back to your you bathhouse. Compromise. Too.
2: Wow. Go back to your bathhouse?
0: What does that mean?
2: And yeah, That's a gay
0: shot. Is that a gay shot? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Nike ad featuring Colin Kaepernick is going to be airing during the NFL season opener tonight. The ad featuring uh, Cap who created Firestorm when he started kneeling during the national anthem. I hadn't heard about games. this. Is this a new thing? <laughs> he was doing
0: that oh, to boy. protest
2: <laughs> racial injustice. Anyway, in the commercial, it runs two minutes long, but they do get around to using the catchphrase.
4: Believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything.
2: When they talk about the greatest team in the history of the sport, make sure it's your team. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football, play it at
1: the highest level.
3: All right, great. So they'll salute various people's courage at various times. Yes, as I'm in favor of courage. As I mentioned
0: earlier, I don't know why I'm in there. As someone who can't talk and is not very smart, but is on talk radio, I think I should be Absolutely overcoming something. Enormous courage.
3: Mm -hmm. Indeed. The the memes that have emerged have been absolutely beautiful. I don't need a
0: two-minute commercial for anything. (laughs) Anything.
3: Uh, So uh, not only uh, uh, hilarious at times, but moving. For instance, the inclusion of Pat Tillman on the one side uh, in his football right. gear and on the other side in his military gear with the exact same wording as the uh, the Kaepernick ad. Well, also, which is
0: about sacrificing everything, and right. he really did. Also obviously. this one
3: with Mike Tyson with his pat- tattooed face. Believe in something, even if it means sacrifice and everything. Well, just do it. Well, that's just making fun of a speech impediments, what that is. Then this one, that I do not approve of, believe in something, even if it means cutting your blank off. Then it's Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, see, I'm not. I'm not like.
0: See, that's it. not helpful. No, 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 no. Memes are mean and mean spirited and not and not
3: appropriate. They should be banned. And uh, the the Me- Kaepernick memes wording should be banned by government. <laughs> all right then, <laughs> uh, and and then the Kaepernick wording over the faces of Hitler and Osama bin Laden. <laughs> oh, good lord, <laughs> yep
2: That's where we are, folks. This is why we can't have nice things. I mean, seriously, it is <laughs> that is a wrap at your news? I'm Marshall Phillips the Armstrong and Getty show the conscience of the nation. Michael, ring the bell. <laughs>
3: I don't know. I ring think. on, Liberty Bell. Ring on. We'll do our best to protect this beautiful republic during these troubled times. That op-ed... As the conscience of the nation.
0: It wasn't Comey, obviously, but it had a Comey feel to me, that op-ed piece of kind of the, I'm the hero of this story, and I'm saving the world. Just want to let you all know how rough it is being the hero of all mankind and all that is good. I mean, it just
3: kind of had that feel to me a little bit. You know, I, I can't... I'm scanning all our email reactions. Nobody has answered my question. If this person is sincere, why in the name of anything would they have gone public with it? Nobody can figure that out. Uh, How does it serve their purpose in any way?
0: Trump fans, Trump detar- detractors. You got a guess? Sean's I, got a guess. I have Maybe. a theory. Maybe yeah. we'll get to that at some point. Is I, it a
3: good one? Yeah. Probably <laughs> is it a harebrained? <laughs> we'll not have harebrained theories on this show. Oh, no, it's all.
0: <laughs> Stick him to the Armstrong and Getty show.
3: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. Armstrong and Getty show.
0: We have a late night joke off about the New York Times op-ed piece. Maybe later. I don't have the stomach for it right now. Late night joke off. Really? They all okay. took on. Yeah, the, let's. Uh... They all took on the story of the day. Obviously. Yeah, let's do something else mm-hmm. for a while. Um. This is kind of interesting. I was thinking about the 2008 financial crisis just the other day because it's the 10 year anniversary. It's been missed. Well, it's the thing that made me the most cynical in my entire life. Changed my entire life. Has many, many people. I As think. well,
3: it should. As it have. should. Yeah, yes.
0: So more on that yes. in a little bit. But it was well. All right. More on that in a little
3: bit. The 2008. I have many thoughts, and I will share them boldly, <laughs> like the anonymous New York Times editorialist.
0: The 2008 financial crisis completely changed what majors students chose. Saw the headline, I thought, oh, okay. The graphs are unbelievable in the drop-off in the number of people that decided to be religion majors, um, English language majors, arts majors, history majors, philosophy majors, went off a cliff
3: after the 2008 uh, financial cry- crash. Boy, this this fits my theory that every civilization uh moves slowly or swerves back and forth between necessity and nicety when necessity is high when you must do everything you can to feed yourself and or protect yourself the uh the more leisurely and esoteric pursuits uh, fall by the wayside
0: what yeah what majors exploded nursing health and medical computer science engineering biology criminal
3: justice squatting for fun and profit um you don't need not, a degree in that? Not bending your legs and putting your butt near the ground. I'm talking about living in a dwelling to which you are not legally entitled.
0: In other words, uh, majors that can immediately get you a job and make you a living. Sure. As opposed to, you know, this will make me a more rounded person, and then I'll take my more
3: rounded person out onto the street, look around, and see if there are any jobs anywhere. Exactly, because surely they, will. they fall from the trees. Meanwhile, Daddy has $20,000 more equity in his home every day. So, you know, Who cares? <laughs>
0: Uh, there have been a number of um, articles written, books written, that sort of stuff, talking about how a lot of the whole Trump thing and the current political mood and probably the political mood for for many years to come came out of the 2008 2008- financial crisis where a lot of people think okay the system really is just freaking rigged yeah and and people get screwed and f this whole thing
3: well what i was going to say was uh, there's this giant unholy uh connection slash uh, you know mutual back scratching between washington and big corporations and the so-called justice department and the rest of it they're all buddies
0: yeah and it became very clear and it's still the case Um, as I think still the number is one person went to jail out of that whole effing thing, which is just mind-boggling. I mean, it's just mind-boggling.
3: And how many people out of D.C. have you said, you know, this well-meaning policy ended up being a disaster? You know, we tried to subsidize this or guarantee that, and it ended up causing just skyrocketing of values. And then Wall Street saying, yeah, and, and these derivatives we were doing and the default credit swaps there... They're an awful idea, and we apologize.
0: But it's the thing that's made me the most cynical about the entire system we've got. And it's not that I'm cynical about capitalism or democracy, but the way we currently are doing it, I'm incredibly cynical about. It's obvious that the very most powerful people are in a position where they can gamble. If they win, they keep the money. If they lose, they make us all pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then that's just the way the system's set up, and it's still set up that way. According to all the smart people who write the books about this sort of thing, there hasn't been enough to change that it's not still that way, and it's just what it is. Right. And uh, there's nothing I can do to change it. I'm too old to, you know, to really launch a movement or do anything about it, so I just accept it's a system where you are going to get screwed if they if they if if the com- time comes and they need to.
3: Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Wall Street hunkered down. They were, were uh, kind of uh, uh, contrite-looking for a while and or denied any responsibility. They're protectors in the Capitol. And what y'all hate about capitalism isn't capitalism. It's crony capitalism. It's too much government power. But anyway, they hunkered down, waiting for the heat to blow over, and now we're more or less in the same situation. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's enough to make a person cynical. Oh, hell yeah. As my no, old, I'm not uh... skeptical. I mean cynical. Right. As my old buddy John used to say, we'd go to the horse races together, underaged, that was back in the day when you can. What? nobody cared about anything like you, that. You, how old were you going? There was the Pizza Hut I used to go to. If you looked to be 12 or more, they'd sell you a pitcher of beer. Anyway, um we were, I was 16 or 17. He was a year older than I was. She had to be 18.
0: She'd stop she'd stop she'd stop by the Pizza Hut, get a pitcher of beer as right. a 13-year-old and yeah. go to the horse track.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was my lifestyle. Um Did you have a couple divorces too or you're just like larping as a as a divorced like middle-aged man? I don't recall. Um so uh, no, uh, actually John was an interesting guy. He wouldn't drink a drop. He was a very straight-laced guy, but he liked to bet on horses. Hmm. Um and he, yeah, I at one point said, you know, I heard these races are fixed. He goes, oh, yeah, they're fixed. You just got to figure out how they're fixed. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what you're betting on.
0: Yeah, well, that's what the super rich people do. <laughs>
3: well, exactly. And that is that is what you have to do
0: with hiring various tax advisors and this and that is you think, OK, yeah, that's what the Soviet Union and Russia right. still is through and through. Right. We're not there yet, but there's some of that certainly. Of, oh, yeah, it's a freaking rigged game. You just need to figure out how, what the game is right. and then get in on
3: it. You're $35 million a year. Wall Street guys who actually write the legislation that govern, governs us all. They have rigged the system to benefit them, and um, you know, if you ever make any money, you got to figure out, okay, it's rigged in this way and that way, and you have advisors you pay to help you figure out how the horse race is rigged. And you bet on that horse, or you just go with the gray horse or the horse that pooped uh, most recently, as my sainted grandmother uh, used to do. <laughs> that was her betting Well, strategy. the pooping thing is very common. People, during the post-parade, where they trot the, house, the horses out in front of you and, uh, you know, the hardcore guys are chewing on their cigars and, and the women generally saying, oh, that one is so pretty. Um, <laughs> the women. A, a lot of people bet on the horse that posed during the horse parade thinking it's two or three pounds lighter than it used to be. Oh, man. <laughs> I've seen those piles. It's five or six. Okay. Or uh, <laughs> or at least you're more of the horseman than I am. Or or it's just feeling satisfied and happy about life having just had a, a nice movement. I know I feel faster. And, <laughs> and, and indeed, they throw their money down on that that nag that's that's one method first thing i do i come out of there lots of foot race
0: (laughs) man i feel swift (laughs) light as a feather Come on, kids. So who do the Eagles? Daddy pooped again. <laughs> the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles, which I had to read to remember. Uh, who do they pay, play tonight to open the NFL season? The Falcons. It's a battle of the birds, Jack. <laughs> okay, well, that's an East Coast focus. I know, Squawky, I know. We're all excited. <laughs> We're going to talk to our friend Gabby from the Washington Examiner about uh, what's going on in D.C. I don't know if you heard there was a thing with an article in the New Man, York and everybody's Times. Everybody's crazed.
3: Yep, yep, yep. Gabby Morangello of the Examiner next. She's the White House correspondent for the uh, coming up on the
1: Armstrong and Getty show. information.